Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we begin our study of the last segment of chapter 1 of the Sefer Eov, the book of Job. We just read of the heavenly discussion between uh, God and the Satan. We described in the last podcast what it means, what the Satan is. And what that represents, that concept represents. And at this point, he has just been given permission to allow um, to the, the taking away of all of the um, wealth and bounty and things that Eov enjoyed in this world. Because he challenged God and said, yes, sure, Eov is a faithful servant of yours. He lives life with purpose. He lives life with the understanding that, that, that God is the creator and that one gets, uh, that all we get in this world is from God and he lives life with that humility and understanding. And, um, but that's only because he gets a lot out of it because he's rich, he's wealthy, he has all these children, he has all this property. Take it all away and he won't be so faithful. So God said, okay, go ahead. So, Vayihi hayom, and the day arrived, or a day arrived, right? This is verse 13. Uvanov uvnosav ochlim vishosim yayin, and his children are eating and drinking wine. Vivesachiyam abuchar, in the house of the eldest brother. The, um, so everything was wonderful, it was idyllic, it was a day of eating and drinking, and everybody's happy. Umalach ba elio vayomar. And a messenger comes to Eov and says as follows, Habakar hayu chorshos. The bakar, the cattle were, the oxen were uh, plowing. Viha asonos roos aidehem. And the donkeys were, were grazing nearby. You know, everything was going along as usual. Vatipol shiva vatikachem. And, and bandits fr- uh, from Sheba. Right, which is generally considered, which is a uh, an ancient kingdom around the, the location of modern day Yemen somewhere, which makes sense because the the remember Edom was was the the land of Edom where we assume the land of Uts is located is south east of modern Israel somewhere in the region of Jordan, so it makes sense that bandits from Shiva would come. And they stole them all. And they struck down all of the, the young men, you know, all of your employees, everyone who was working with the, with the cattle and the donkeys, uh, you know, the shepherds, the caretakers, the plowers. They struck them all down and killed them all. And I was the only one left to come and bring you the news. So we just lost all of the... The, the camels and before Eov even had a chance to react to this terrible tragedy <coughs> while this one was still speaking and this one comes and says a fire of God fell from heaven and destroyed the sheep and the, uh, the shepherds that were watch, watching the sheep and destroyed them all this could have been maybe a volcanic eruption or maybe a just a fire, a forest fire that just overtook them all or 
a brush fire or maybe a lightning strike started a fire. Regardless of, of what happened, this tragedy is awful. And only I am left in order to bring you the news. That's all I have here is news for you. While he was being informed of this terrible tragedy, Vizebon, another one came by Omar, and he said, Kasdim, the Chaldeans. Kasdim is a group uh, of people uh, closely related to the Babylonians. They were an ethnic group among the Babylonians living uh, in modern day, uh, somewhere in modern day southern Iraq. Um, and the, they, uh, for a point in time, they actually ruled the Babylonian Empire, by the Chaldeans. So often in Tanakh, Kasdim and Babylon and Babylim are kind of used interchangeably because they were a closely related ethnicity. But regardless, there was Kasdim Samushlosha Roshim. There was some Chaldeans who who made three three groups, three raiding parties. And they were thus able to lay some kind of ambush against all of the camels and they stole them all. And while stealing the camels, all of your men who tried to defend them, they struck down by the sword all of the men who were watching the um, camels. And it's only me that was left in order to, um, to bring you this news. This one was still bringing him this terrible news. And then another one comes by Omar and says, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking in the house of their eldest brother. And a terrible wind, a big storm, a hurricane, a tornado, some kind of big storm. Hamidbar. <coughs> came from across the, the wilderness, and it struck all four corners, in other words, the entire house, and toppled the entire house on the young people in the house, and they all died. <coughs> and I was the only one left in order to bring you this news. I somehow, maybe he was a servant in the house who somehow escaped, and I'm bringing you this news. Eov gets up. He was obviously sitting when he received this news. The assumption here being Eov, and as we shall see during the uh, uh, the poetic portion, during the wisdom portion of this book, the, the bulk of the book, which is a discussion which we're going to come to, that Eov was a judge. So he was probably sitting in the gates of the city in judgment. Eov was like the chief judge or the head, you know, and in, in those days, uh, that was um, the main leadership position was the one who sat in judgment. So the idea being here that he was sitting in judgment uh, at his usual workplace, um, but um, and when he received the news and he stands up, and he tore his coat, and he shaved his head, which was a ty- uh, typical sign of mourning in those times, and he fell to the ground, and he prostrated himself. He bowed down. By Yomer, and he says, a very famous um, uh, uh, and, and tragic phrase, often quoted in times of suffering, in times of sorrow. I came out naked from my mother's womb. 
and naked I shall return to there. The, the comparison here between the Beten Imi, and he, obviously he's not returning to his mother's womb, is the idea that he understands that when one comes into this world, one comes in with nothing. Just like the, the, a person's mother is, uh, you know, is symbolic of, of everything that goes into the bringing of life into this world, going back to the earth, going back to where we came from, is, is, is going back to the, the Creator who brought all of this all about so that we should come. And, and there's a lot in this phrase here that, that, that is important to point out, and that is, is the appreciation, one who understands and appreciates that there is a Creator, one who understands and appreciates that God created this world and we're here for a purpose, understands and appreciates that everything we get is a gift. I came into this world just a person. I'm leaving this world just a person and I return my body to, to God. That is how this is obviously going to be, is what Eova said. And so it shall be, I don't deserve anything. The humility that comes to someone who recognizes the existence of a creator and, and the importance of that idea and that concept is a person who can say these statements. Adonai nasan, God has given, v'adonai lakach, and God has taken. The humility that comes along with the recognition that there is a God is the humility that Eov is, is, is displaying here. Arom yotsasi, arom ashuv. Naked I came in, naked I will return. God gives, God takes. May the name of God be blessed. In other words, I still appreciate and I still understand the opportunity to be on this world and that I can still fulfill the purpose that God put me here for. With all of this suffering, Eov did not sin. Now over here, the word chet, often is translated correctly so as sin but it also means to miss the mark <coughs> right <coughs> right when 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 someone shoots an arrow and misses the mark it's called that's called a chet that's called he missed right and the point here is that eov didn't miss the mark eov didn't make that terrible mistake and say there's no point and there's no purpose he understood that there is a point there is a purpose and he recognized that, that, that just as he was faithful to God when he was, had everything that anyone could possibly want, similarly, he's also faithful to God when he has nothing. And he did not, and this is an odd kind of phrase here, which um, the word, t and he did not uh, put tifla to God. Now, tifla is... is um, is, is a little challenging to translate. But I'm going to go with, with one of the translations to this term tifla, is we find in many places that the term tifla means, means nothingness, silliness, right? Um, or, or, or making light of things, cynicism. So in other words, he did not give tifla to God, which means he did not say to give tifla to God would be to say that God doesn't care, right? God created a world and everything is just, Random. Everything just happens. He, he, like he ignores it. Like he doesn't care. Eov, despite the fact that he was, that God himself said that Eov, look at my servant Eov. He's Tom Vyasher. He's a perfect person. He's upright and he's righteous and he's, and he's good in every possible way. 
right? And then he goes through this terrible, terrible suffering, the unimaginable suffering, the loss of all of his children, all of his wealth, all of his property. He did not fall into the trap of stating that God doesn't care, that God is not involved, that God, um, um, that there is no purpose to this world. There is no reason for us being here. This is where the first chapter ends um, with this incredible strength on the part of Eov. Um, it's incredible, but uh, in the face of this terrible, terrible suffering. Unfortunately, the suffering that Eov is going to endure is not over yet. Uh, we will study again in chapter 2 together um, how this uh, continues to spiral out of, well, not out of control, it's not the right word, but it continues to spiral down into something even worse. Um, sorry to have to end on this uh, depressing note. But it's not so depressing because the little sliver of hope here is that Eov was lo chata. Eov did not sin. Eov did not miss the mark. Thank you so much for studying the first chapter of the book of Eov together. Looking forward to studying chapter 2 and the rest of this book together. Have a wonderful day.